With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm not very well, Josh, to be honest with you, but we <laughs> I think we'll get into that later. I am comforted by one fact, though. We It's not just the two of us this week. We are welcoming a brilliant, sparkling guest to Always Cheating. Yes. It sounds like, it sounds like a delicious water. Um, but let's have, this, <laughs> let's have this guest on the podcast. Uh, welcome, uh, Anthony O'Shea. Uh, you probably know him better as FPL Stag. He is a, a, a constant presence on Twitter, uh, and he is also a writer for uh, for Roto World. Uh, writes a great weekly article, and I would say he is one of my two favorite FPL writers. Uh, he and uh, uh, and Ken Rooney, uh, who actually both hail from the same town. So it's <laughs> about Cork, Anthony. That really uh, Cork and FPL really seem to go well together. Could we say that Cork is really the center of the FPL uh, content universe at this day, day and age? I'm sure a lot of, well, I, was, I thought you were going to say the center of the FPL universe, and I was going to think a lot of our Norwegian listeners were going to be upset by that, because they always, <laughs> they really always seem to top it. That's true. Yeah, that wouldn't work. Yeah. Well, are the are the famed are the famed FPL towers there in Cork? Have you seen them? <laughs> oh, they're there. Yeah, they're actually great pillars in the middle of the town, and everyone kind of like genuflex when they go past them every day. Yeah. <laughs> so, Anthony, how are you doing? Thank you for being on the podcast. Um, we we really both genuinely are uh, long time uh, long time fans of yours, and um, I know we've we've sort of been interacting for a long time on on social media. You and I actually had a chance to meet uh, before game week two. 
Um, and uh, we had both Captain Lukaku. We did and, indeed, uh, yeah. My, my, my very first morning in the Big Apple, it was. Yeah. Was that your first morning? Oh, I didn't realize that. My wow. first morning. Yeah. I'd flown in from Chicago the night before. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Good morning. We're at the Football Factory in Midtown, New York. That was that was a very good time. Stag, can you just can you just quickly catch us up to speed on your FPL history? How many seasons have you been playing? And also, what is most interesting to me, what is your team name this season? Okay, so, right. Uh, but thanks very much for having me on anyway first. I hadn't actually got around to saying that. But um, and thanks very much for all the kind words as well. So my FPL history, oh, cheers, um, kind of looking back, I actually started playing fantasy football on a not the official Premier League site. What I actually was playing was there's a there's a magazine in it's definitely in the UK and Ireland called Match Magazine. It's just a you know a kids football magazine, and they actually ran a fantasy football type thing on their own website. So I was probably playing that when I was about nine years old. So we're talking like two thousand and five ish. Um, there was I actually wow. tried to track down more information. Of do the math, ladies. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but um, I tried to do the, like find some sort of like um, history or evidence of that team, but I just can't find it anywhere. I was pretty sure I used to get emails about it on like a home account, but I just can't find anything about it. So that's my original history. Kind of from there, then I actually okay. fell out of love with the sport of football for a few years. Kind of maybe after year two thousand and eight until about two thousand and eleven, and then I kind of came flying back into fantasy. Premier League playing it against guys from school and stuff and then about three it's very fever pitch I think they, yeah did the same thing happen to Nick Hornby where he sort of fell out of love and then and then <laughs> came back to it yeah exactly it was kind of that sort of thing where I was just I was at that point in my school time where I was more focusing on just other sports like rugby was kind of the main sport in my school so I was playing a lot of that and just didn't really have time for football at the time and then slowly and suddenly it kind of really roared back into life and then three years ago I started writing about FPL I had I was teaching sailing and I had a lot of free time in my hands in the evening because I was teaching in the middle of nowhere and I started writing articles for uh, FPL hints or yeah Mr. Chief himself mm-hmm. and sure. I wrote a few yeah, I wrote a few blog articles on his site, which were previewing some of the promoted teams that season. That was the season that Leicester won the Premier League as it transpired. And so I was, what a season to start writing about FPL when nobody could predict oh, yeah. anything every week. Yeah. And, um, you know, Chelsea looking, they were going to get relegated for half a season, having been champions the previous year. It was, a, it was a weird season. And from there, it's just gone from strength to strength. And I really enjoy the, the Twitter community now. It's almost kind of like, you know, even the, the bad weeks where, you know, FPL kind of really takes its toll on you. You still have the community there. It's a really nice ecosystem to be part of. That's a, that's a funny word to use, ecosystem. But it is, a, it is a really nice community, better word, to be part of. And I, I really love it. So, Stag, yeah. you, you didn't tell me what your team name is. Oh, and the, sorry. <laughs> the team name is... <laughs> At FPL stag XI, like 11 Roman numerals. But I have, a, I have a personal team, which I call the Skull Society. Like, you know, Paul Skull's Skull Society. Paul Skull, sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I had, it's, yep. it, was the year, it was the name I had on it years ago, and I've just left it there. So Skull Society is my funnier one. Is there, is there a, um, any tension between gingers who play for the England squad? Do do you as an Irishman feel any sort of ownership over all the gingers? You know, if I look across like all of the kind of slightly redheaded players across the world right now, the one who actually looks the most Irish of all of them is none other than Belgian, Belgium and Man City's Kevin De Bruyne, who looks so Irish. So to be honest, (laughs) I can't really think of any redheaded English player right now who's kind of, you know, would make me green with envy. However, Kevin De Bruyne, on the other hand, he'd be, he'd do quite well behind Johnny Walters for Ireland. (laughs) I think you can yeah. fit him in. Yeah. <laughs> I think so too. Um, so that that brings me to to game week thirty three, which just finished. Uh, pretty tough game week for um, for almost everybody, I would say. I mean, 
Um, I actually had a had a reasonably okay game week myself, but um, even even by by that standard, I, I finished on I think forty four points, which is um, um, which is very good in a game week like this. So um, how did how did you do, Anthony? How was your how was your game week? Thirty one points, and do you know what? That is only looking nicer because my second top scorer, which is Kennedy, is coming off the bench with three points to replace Christensen, who didn't even play. Brilliant, <laughs> good stuff. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, I did captain my highest scoring player, which is Abamyang, who got 12 points with captaincy included. Uh, so yeah, not, not, the, not the best of weeks. A C of twos, ones, Kennedy's three and Aubameyang. That's That was my week. So it's, uh, it's a real drop out of nowhere because I had a few green arrows in a row, unfortunately. How about you guys? Brandon? Well, I, I had a disaster of a game week. Um, similar story with the ones and twos. The Mkhitaryan... Injury through my through my wild card team into complete disarray. Yeah, and um, the repair that I made was to get rid of Goodmanson, who was shaping up to be another problem. So I dropped Goodmanson to bring in a little extra cash and turn Mikatarian into Hungmin Son, which looked like a pretty solid move going into that match uh, against Stoke. But uh, he he produced two points. Um, I burned four, but the good news is for future returns, I turned Goodmanson <laughs> into Jack Cork, um, and I did not have the foresight to play Jack Cork or put him in place of Shane Duffy at first position on my bench. So those 10 points I don't have access to finished on 28 with a minus four. So that's a gross score of 24 points. Wow. Pretty, pretty miserable. Pretty bad red arrow. Um and I think it's my lowest score of the season. I mean, I should hope it's my lowest score yeah. of the season. Brandon and I have kind of a rule, which is that if, if either of us are having a very bad game week, we will not talk to each other or even we, – we, so there's, there's a real like level of one-upmanship when it comes to our, our personal fantasy teams. So like if Brandon and I had plans yesterday evening to like hang out – we would not have talked about fantasy once, right, Brennan? Just would not. It would have. It would have been like you and I don't even have a podcast. Like we, we, just, we would have had to. We would. We would have gone to see a movie where we didn't have to talk about something it. very long, like a three or four hour movie that would have been like fodder for. We would. Have, we just seen like the sorrow and the pity or something, you know, like just something very, yeah. very different from, from fantasy. Um, yeah. One thing I did want to say about this particular game week and my team and watching everything unfold. Saturday was perhaps the most miserable day of FPL I've ever had. But watching it, I, I, I had to step back and say it's actually amazing that I ever that anyone ever scores any fantasy points. I had <laughs> if I look at it on paper, I have just like a really good team. I, right. They were set up perfectly. The logic was there. It was all magical. But no one came close to posting any points. And it, I just reflected on other weeks where, of course, I'm going to get at least a goal this game week. Yeah, but were, it's it's a miracle when I ever get any points. In I hindsight. totally understand what you mean because, you know, Mark has a question about, um, he says, this is the game week 32 wild card disintegrated before our very eyes. And, you know, I was, you know, we had talked on last week's podcast about whether everyone was kind of forgetting about game week 33, you know, with game week 34 in mind. Um, 
you know, but the, the problem was, I mean, you know, how much differently would you, so Anthony, did you play your wild card in 32 or when did, when did you wild card? I did. I did. And yeah. I, I definitely think that uh, Mark's kind of hit the nail on the head with this one, that my game week this week definitely suffered because of preparing for game week 34. Now I was very yeah. conscious that game week 33 actually existed. However, it just <laughs> right. didn't go we have according a to the plan. Right after all. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> I really don't know if I agree with that. I mean, apart from bringing in Manchester United assets. Yeah. Uh, and and having that really difficult derby match, I had I had great matchups: uh, Burnley against yeah. Watford, Brighton against Huddersfield, Arsenal uh, against uh, what crap team against Southampton <laughs> at home, yeah, uh, and, and Spurs against Stoke. These were all terrific matchups. Oh, and I, I I don't. I actually agree. I mean, I was I, yeah, I was honest question. I mean, I, I don't think. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm inclined to agree with you. I mean, I, what, what could you have, you know, I mean, you would have wanted to have Mares for that fixture. I thought about bringing Mares in for sure. I mean, you know, Son, Son mm-hmm. is frustrating because, you know, of the three midfielders, he was the only one who didn't, who didn't bring any attacking returns in. I mean, but Erickson is so expensive. And, you know, if you want to bring in Kane later, then it was, you know, it was kind yeah. of hard to bring in a player. It was, what is he, 9.1 or something like that? Yeah, the one, the one more, thing maybe? about Son is that he did at least have the opportunities there. He had one one-on-one in particular that he really should yes, have finished. And that's, first half. as frustrating as it is, it's also somewhat comforting to see him getting in those positions. Kind of like yeah. building on that. Yeah, I think yeah, that's a great point. Building upon that game week 33, being hurt logic, though, about the wild cards and stuff. I was only just thinking about what a lot of us would have done with our wild cards was kind of offload players from teams who had been... Uh, heavily represented in the big blank game week a few weeks back. So you're talking about your Bournemouth, Huddersfields, Liverpools, Everton's, these sort of teams. We would have got rid of those guys. And suddenly they're actually the players that actually provided this week. The only two clean sheets you could have gotten this week were from Liverpool and Everton defenders and then all Merseyside derby. Shakiri got a go, or Shakiri yeah. got an assist. Milovic, you've already mentioned. Zaha also provided. Josh King, Ryan Fraser. Mooney even scored. Miracles do happen. <laughs> yeah, he scored a gift of a goal. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, Shane, Shane Duffy is Shane, poor Shane Duffy. Dunk, Dunk with all of his own goals this season. At least he does some positive things. Shane Duffy has <laughs> just been the worst FPL. And you've had him like the entire just, season, have you, Brendan? Like, <laughs> he's a he's. He's a cockroach for sure. He's survived every wild card apocalypse on my team, and, and here he remains. Uh, so I finished on on forty four points and. You know, the reason that I had a decent game week was it really was because and I'm not saying that I would have I would you know, if I had wild carded in game week 31 or, th- or in game week 32 or 33, I would have been a very similar team to you guys as well. I'm, I'm sure of it. But because I didn't, I still had Van Dyke. Uh, I still had Sterling. I still had Mila Vojevic, uh, Vojevic or Vojevic. I'm not sure. Um, but I think it's Vic, actually, is how you would pronounce that in the original um, I'm sure it depends on which part of the world you're from. I would say Milivojevic. But I'm, I'm from Prague, I? so I say Milivojevic. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, but even having him who doesn't have a double game week in 34 is a player that someone that you certainly would have at least thought about dropping if you were on a wild card and, and had him in your squad. Um, so I picked up, you know, 10 from him, six from Van Dyke, four from Sterling, finished on 44 points. I mean, that was really the difference. Um, you know, otherwise it was a lot of the same players that you guys have. I mean, uh, I did have Firmino and I, uh, you know, I mean, I, I was pretty sure when, the, you know, the Anfield, um, what is it, the Anfield rap uh, basically posted the exact, you know, team sheet the, uh, the night before the match. But yeah. I didn't really, you know, I wanted Firmino for Gaming 35. I felt like, I thought he would come into the match a little sooner than he did, to be honest. I thought, I kind of thought this match was going to turn out as it did. And I thought maybe in like the 55th minute or something, he would come on. And unfortunately, it was closer to like the 77th or 75th or something like that. So he really didn't have any time to be influential. And... um 
and then when he did, he was he was really out of he did not look like himself. So, um, um, you know, yeah, it was really a mirror image of the uh, Merseyside Diary from earlier this season, which also ended in a draw, if I remember correctly. And Klopp didn't field a full strength team. He tried to correct it very late in the match, and nothing really came. Was to- that not was that not the game that um, Dominic Solank or not Dominic Solank, Dominic Calvert Lewin won a late penalty? Rooney drew at level, and it was one one. Yes. Yeah, but still, it's still a draw. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it was. And I, I honestly, I feel lucky to get the, the Van Dyke clean sheet because, you know, if there wasn't kind of a center back crisis at Liverpool, there's a chance he would have been rested as well. So, um, you know, because Robertson, for example, was arrested. The the only crisis is Clavin's exposed comb over during the, <laughs> that rainy match. So um, <laughs> the um, good one. You're, you're so catty, Brandon. The, uh, <laughs> I, I love hair jokes. So what's 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 amazing though is I think of of you know of the three well okay so actually I have De Gea um, who made it so amazingly there was this incredible kind of almost a pure watch for a lot of us uh, the Manchester Derby which takes place you know the last match on Saturday um, I mean this is a fantasy podcast so um, we don't need to go into it too much but what an incredible match I mean so you know so so dramatic obviously we're going to talk about Man, uh, Man United players um, you know in a few minutes here but um, I mean. I, I just did not see a 3-2 coming. That was really an extraordinary match. Yeah, Stag, I'm interested to hear what you thought about the match. But for me, as I said, it was just it was the biggest disaster of an FPL morning I could have had. <laughs> I really didn't. I really I started actually watching the Derby as a second screen experience. And I um, because I'm like a 15 year old boy was playing Star Wars Battlefront <laughs> uh, while I watched it. And I, I had to quickly turn off the game because it was so incredibly compelling to watch. Uh, and I, I it was a reminder of, of the, the, the joy of the sport, right? Like the fantasy implications just evaporated into the background. It was just so compelling. Uh, absolutely. Like I would have had a very similar experience to that in that what actually happened to me was that I wasn't quite playing Star Wars Battlefront. Instead, I was actually, my parents were visiting here in Madrid. And so I was touring around the city with them following the game on Twitter, kind of going, and I was just, mm. you know, first goal, second goal, it should be 4-0, Sterling's missed, like, you know, a load of sitters. That's all I'm reading on my phone thinking, all right, I don't right. want to watch this game. I'll just, I'll just leave it. <laughs> And then I'm, we just happened to be walking past some restaurant and there's a big, Aah! as guys like jump out of their tables and I looked in to see Pogba's drawn at level at 2-2. And I'm just like, can we go amazing. in here for one beer? <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. so I actually arrived mm-hmm. in to see like the frenzied end where Smalling eventually got his goal 3-2 and then United held on in spite of everything. So... What a Good troll job! It Smalling. had to be Smalling, right? I'm sure you guys have seen that those wonderful two pictures. It's like we, I think we're being treated to some of the best photos of um, Premier League in a while. Like there was that Ali Renaissance photo a few weeks back at Chelsea. You know, did you see that one? The Deli Ali. No, I it was don't like think so. oh, it was like a Renaissance painting. So Deli Ali is kind of wheeling away into the corner. He's kind of to slightly to the right of center in this picture, and all you can see is like all these Chelsea fans who are reacting in various ways by giving him the middle fingers, giving him two fingers, scowling at him. There's one guy who's about seven rows up who looks like he's trying to like fight his way through the crowd to go and actually have a go at Deli Ali on the pitch. It's, it's this <laughs> unbelievable thing with there's just yeah. so much happening. You look at every <laughs> single face, and there's one woman who's just standing there with her arms crossed, just staring. Just totally, she's given up. And it's, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so it was kind of like that when he said there was this just, great picture and it was like a Vincent Company and Chris Smalling and it was like for their two goals and it was like an hour and one minute separated the two and you've got Smalling on the floor for the first one, like staring up into the, into the net wow. as the ball goes in, just, you know, thinking, why is he there? And then... <laughs> there, 
I don't think I had ever heard Chris Smalling speak until a post-match interview, and he sounds exactly like uh, Maz, the Richard Iodad character from... <laughs> the IT uh, crowd? Uh, the IT <laughs> crowd, yeah. I didn't yeah. know who we were going for there until you said the IT crowd. Um, I was, yeah, was kind of stunned by that. that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, all right, let's, 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 we've got a lot to talk about in this podcast. So, um, unfortunately, we're recording a little early on, uh, on Sunday. So we, we don't have the Always Treating Super League, uh, to share yet. I will, uh, post that on social media later tonight. Um, rant of the week, I guess this, this just sort of ties in with what we were just talking about. James Bishop said, this is, this is pre Gooners game. And he says, I'm currently on 13 points before the Gooners game. Uh, a spectacular Kane captain backfire. Um, he says, "Worst game week ever." He says, "What is the lowest score? What is the lowest score either of you blokes have got for a single game week?" So, I, I, I don't expect an exact number here, but do you guys have a record? I mean, Brennan, is this is this possibly your worst game week ever? I seem to have a recollection of nineteen points okay. uh, from. I don't know why I think that, but I think that that's a thing that happened once. <laughs> But you have to you have to say anything below thirty points. It's just like a colossal failure. I feel like I had something and in that anything like be, anything below twenty two. Yeah, anything below twenty. Yeah, right. Because that that means you didn't even get two per player. I feel like I once got yeah, like exactly. fourteen or something like that, where it was like, and it was like with a full eleven. It was like it was all. It was like I got like a ones and zeros from my defenders, and then it was like all twos, and it was like just no clean sheets, no assists, uh, like a handful of yellow cards. I mean, it's like Brendan said earlier. Like it is so. It's kind of a miracle that you ever get assists and goals and clean sheets because it, it's not like anything's yeah. ordained, you know? I mean, you, God, you saw in the Chelsea game today. Just, I mean, you know, I don't know what the XG was on the, the Chelsea-West uh, Ham game, but, I mean, given the number of times that West Ham gave the ball away and and then Chelsea, <laughs> you know, gave the ball away to a, to a Chelsea attacker, I mean, they should have scored like four in that match, right? It was just like, but you never know what's what's going to happen. Yeah, Hazard just didn't seem up for it today. <sighs> Strange. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and the Kane thing, which we haven't even talked about yet. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of people thought of it. Did you, either of you guys think about bringing in Kane for this game week? No, no, I didn't. I, I toyed with the possibility. I barely slept on Friday over it, and I didn't do it. It just, if he, <laughs> would, was, if he was even yeah. like 11 million or something, I might have tried to do it for Firmino. But at, at 13 million, it just requires... I, I I would have had to burn eight to do it, and I just wasn't. That just felt like too much. Sure, an FPL manager at his or her most cynical is rooting against him getting credited for for the, the Zapruder goal. As of course, we I was saying. Stay. I was adamant that he did not touch it <laughs> because he's already probably going to be thirteen million by the time we all get around to getting him in for game week thirty seven. So we're just trying to suppress that value as best we can right now. Exactly. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's let's take a quick break and let's get into uh, game week 34. It's a big double game week. There's a lot to talk about. Uh, we tried to distill it down to um, sort of the biggest questions. Uh, so we're going to go through those, and then uh, we've got a little lightning round with uh, with some chip questions and uh, some transfers. We've got a very unfortunate um, Stevens owner who is now wondering what the hell to do. I mean, there's nothing <laughs> worse than, than bringing in a guy, benching him for the double game week, and then picking up a, a three-match ban on a red card. I do uh, want justice for Stevens. Justice for <laughs> Stevens. Jack Wilshire should be... <laughs> they should have both that, been red carded. <laughs> uh, I actually think I have more sympathy for a guy like Eric Cantona, who Kung Fu kicking a, a crowd member as opposed to the petulance on display for Jack Wilshire. But uh, speaking of sympathy, I'm going to take us out of this rant and, and into a short break. And as Josh said, we'll be back with Stag to talk about Game Week 34. Same old podcast, always cheating. 
All right, we we are back, and it is uh, game week thirty four. A week we have all been planning for. And Brandon, you and I have been talking about game week thirty four for about what since game week two? I would say I think it's been uh, like thirty three weeks of. The preview podcast that we did in late July, early August were mostly geared toward Game Week 34. Yeah. We were building towards poor, poor Ben Crowen has been on eggshells since <laughs> since August 15th or thereabouts. So uh, Game Week 34, we have, uh, let's see, we have one, two, three, four. We have eight teams that have double Game Weeks. Um, just to very briefly go through them here, uh, it's uh, Burnley, Brighton, Chelsea, Leicester, Man United, Southampton, uh, Spurs, and Bournemouth. Uh, kind of a mix in terms of uh, in terms of the fixtures that they have. Um, you know, very few teams actually have just great, great game week thirty four fixtures. I'd say maybe of all the teams, the only one that has really good fixtures is Man United. I mean, do you guys agree with yeah. that? They play West Brom and Bournemouth. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, wholeheartedly agree. Uh, Leicester's fixtures are pretty good too. They play Burnley away and, and Southampton at home. I did not realize that Burnley. I, if they won, was it four matches in a row? Maybe it's all five matches in a row. They're on like a. I think they t- picked up like thirteen from fifteen or something like that. Uh, much much it, stronger. Like Arsenal may not secure European football via the league. It's amazing. Burnley are going. It really is amazing. Yeah. Uh, and yet they haven't been keeping any clean sheets. It's the weirdest. <laughs> it's, this, it's this winning run, but it's not really in the way that you expect them to to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you expect Burnley to put points on the board by um, yeah. allow not allowing other teams to score. It's like a reverse Leicester. Remember how like Leicester used to always tighten it up at the end of the season? And yeah, go the other way. Yeah, should the Leicester the title winning season? They went from this really leaky defensive team or, or offensive team to this really really tight compact defense. Like it was like a, it was a really a season of two halves that year. Yeah, won. it was it was amazing. It really yeah. I remember they, there was the one nil game away to Spurs with the. Uh, with the Robert Huth header near the end of the match, oh, and, yes, yeah, yes. incredible. Mm. Um, mm. All right, so a lot. So we've, we've all got you know we've all got some players. <laughs> we've all we've all got players. It's fantasy after all. Um, uh, what are you guys? What are your plans right now, Brandon? Are you still planning on on bench boosting in game week thirty four? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, as I mentioned uh, in our wild card special, I made I made the twist when finalizing my wild card to go for bench boost in thirty four. So what I did discover, though, funny story, guys, um, as I was setting up my team for 33, I looked at Fabianski. I was thinking of maybe starting him this week. And I was like, ah, uh, Fabianski will get his due with my bench boost in 34. I had I had shifted my whole thinking uh, from bench boost 37 to bench boost 34. Somewhere down the down the road, I hadn't moved Fabianski from double game week 37 to the 34 sort of compartment of my brain. Right. And I just assumed Swansea had a double in 34. So now I have, I brought in a goalkeeper to sit behind a head just to play in a double, and he doesn't have a double because I'm an idiot. It's, at least he's playing right, everything. would have been so, Matt Ryan, right? The, Matt Ryan was kind of the, the template yeah. uh, 34 if you're doing the bench boost. Yeah, for sure. So the the whole goal was to keep a, hold a transfer going into 33 so I'd have two to play around with. For 34, that obviously didn't work out. I ended up burning points going into 33 because of Mickey. So the plan right now is I'm feeling pretty good about my squad as it is, but I do need to resolve this goalkeeper situation because I, I kind of feel like it should be a crime if you don't uh, if you don't have a double game weight backup goalkeeper for a bench boost. Hmm. Okay, maybe that's just me. 
Yeah, ca- capital punishment. That's what I'm <laughs> saying over here. Uh, what about? So what I'm thinking? Yeah, sorry, yeah, what I'm thinking now is to uh, is to move Fabianski. But beyond that, if if I do that for a double game weaker, I think I have twelve double game weight players for thirty four. Okay, who are the three that aren't double game weight players? Assuming you make that that move. Yeah, it would be Mustafi, Salah, and Aubameyang. Okay. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so Yang has a, a pretty decent matchup away to Newcastle, yep. and uh, Liverpool are to home to Bournemouth, which is a great fixture. So yep. assuming Salah is healthy, then uh, I feel great about those non-double game week fixtures. Um, yeah, did you, Anthony, did you hold Salah this week? Did you drop him? I held Salah. I definitely held Salah. I, because I won't have a free hit in 35, it meant that I wouldn't, probably wouldn't be able to get him back until maybe 37, if not 38. So it was, it was a no brainer for me to hold on to him and just hope for the best that we'll have him for next weekend. Same, same here. Um, I, I really, I also, I just feel like gaming 34, Salah at home to Bournemouth, assuming that he's healthy, which it looks like he probably will be. I mean, maybe this will all sound ridiculous when we find out he's out for the season in like three days, but, you know, it looks like he'll, he'll be fine. You know, he's rested on Saturday. Um, Salah at home to Bournemouth is, is the equivalent of almost any other player for two fixtures, right? I mean, he could easily score a hand-trick in that Absolutely. match. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you could get into the whole rotation debate, which I, I think we all probably find a bit tiresome at this point, but... With the result, with Chelsea dropping points against West Ham today, the pressure for Liverpool to win so many more games to finish out in the top four, I think, is lessened. Sure. So I, I do wonder how much more Solanke and and company we're going to see going down the home stretch for Liverpool. Well, we've seen a lot of rotation from Klopp, you know, in, in, in earlier seasons. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a lot more. I, I'm definitely feeling a little exposed with three Liverpool players. Um, I'm certainly going to... well. Okay, so uh, Anthony, I want to ask you about your about your um, your team, and then I'll talk about mine a little bit. So, are you are you playing a chip this week? So, yeah, I will be using a chip. I'll be using my bench boost as well in game week thirty four. I kind of felt when I was wildcarding in thirty two that I could or was it thirty two? Yeah, that I could I could obviously predict an awful lot more of the the lineups. It's kind of the same argument that everyone who's going to bench boost in thirty four kind of made when they were wildcarding, and as well, then I didn't have the the free hit chip in thirty five, so it meant I could kind of you know or manage myself through this whole entire period as best as possible so as it stands right now i have three tran- two free transfers on hand ready to go and i have 10 double game week players in my squad now one of those is uh, andreas the vanished or banished christensen so we will see whether he stays in my squad <laughs> yeah. i probably will realistically i'd keep him even for just the second game or the first game because they're both clean sheet opportunities at least even if chelsea don't seem to be able to keep one anymore the biggest, my biggest uh, question is probably going to be surrounding Harry Kane. Do I sell? It'll be Aubameyang if it was anyone. Do I sell Aubameyang, who is coming up against one of the tightest defenses in the last few weeks in Newcastle um, at St James's Park, right. where they can pretty yeah. much secure promotion or secure the Premier League status for another year with three points? I'm not sure yet. So that's that's where I kind of I'm standing right now with Game Week 34. It's there, there are a lot of very difficult decisions. You know, as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, you know, part of it is that there there aren't these surefire teams that you want to be tripled up on or doubled up on, right? I mean, even even a team like Chelsea, like you said, in theory, you know, Southampton and Burnley, they're they're teams that they're better than. But Chelsea's way out of form at this point. Burnley is in is in better form than Chelsea. Um, and their their attack isn't looking that isn't looking that bad. I mean, you know, Chelsea got lucky to only concede one goal really in today's match. I mean, they really they really could have been too late. Um, you know, possible penalty on um, on um, um, yeah, Arnautovic. Uh, uh, thank you, Arnautovic. Yeah. 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 
Uh, I'm in a weird spot because I am actually playing the free hit chip in Game Week 34. Um, I have its squad. It's kind of a holdover Game Week 31 squad in a lot of ways. That's that's really well set up for Game Week 35. So I've been trying to make my transfers. And actually, Anthony, a lot of it was based on an article that you wrote several weeks oh. ago um, that really that really worked well for me about basically make your you know if if you're not going to if you know if you're not going to. I can't remember what the advice was now, to be honest, but it was something like, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I can't remember exactly like what, what it was in regards to, but it was basically, you know, you, you can try to plan for, um, for the, for the teams that are going to have, uh, no blanks yeah. in Game Week 35 and a, ga- and, a, and a double in Game Week 37. Um, and so for me, I've been trying to bring in Arsenal players, you know, um, really just Arsenal players at the moment. Um, you know, Mkhitaryan sort of, um, blew up my strategy a little bit, but I have not been dropping Game Week 35 players, um, which is why I still have someone like Theo Walcott on my squad, um, although he was on my bench this week. Um, so I, I'm free hit chipping in Game Week 34, and it's like there are so many difficult decisions. I mean, I, I sort of mocked up a Game Week, uh, like a free hit chip team yesterday, and, um, you know, I, I, I'm thinking about playing a very risky th- free hit chip, which is to basically load up on, like, all of the cheapest players on my bench. So it would be guys like, uh, like you know, King... Um, the um, Andy King, the, uh, the uh, 4.2 million Swansea midfielder. Uh, Goldson, who I d- didn't even Goldson know was a player Brighton who existed. Um, he, is a, uh, yeah. a, he is a Brighton defender. Um, you know, actually, uh, Long is not a bad option on Burnley because there's a decent chance he'll actually play um, over the mm-hmm. double game week, depending on how Ben Mee recovers. Um, and uh, so... You know, but for me, it's it's really about. Um, I don't know if I trust any of the defenses all that much, so I'm, I'm really thinking about loading up on, you know, the very attack heavy lineup. And so I'm, you know, thinking about like a, a possible Vardy, Lukaku, Kane front line, um, possibly Alexis Sanchez as well. Um, I'm planning on keeping Salah uh, for all the reasons we talked about earlier. Um, possibly bringing in someone like William, even though I'm not really a William believer. Um, I'm also, you know, I mean, someone like. Um, um, oh my goodness! Why I'm losing all my words today? Um, uh, Lingard, the uh, the Man United midfielder, is a player I'm looking at as well. I mean, I think at six million is pretty good value, and I, you know, to me, Man United is the only team that that really is worth tripling up on for this double game week. Um, and I mean, Chelsea, I just don't know what to what to think about them. You know, I mean, I, I I just don't know how I could I could really justify bringing in Eden Hazard for this double, given what we've seen from him the last few I game weeks. I don't think you can, yeah. We talked about it last week. Um, I don't know how you feel about Alonzo Stag, but we sort of settled on Alonzo is really the only Chelsea asset to own because he he's the best value and there's the most he's the player with the most upside. You could potentially get a clean sheet, though seems very doubtful these days. Mm-hmm. But he does sometimes play as their second striker, so he's sort of the best of both worlds, such as they are for Chelsea. And I think you only need one Chelsea player, and he sort of fits every every category. Absolutely. Like, if you watch any Chelsea game at all, every every time you look at Twitter, it's always people whose hearts are in their mouths who don't own Alonso because he gets forward so often. It's, it's frightening <laughs> how often he's forward. Yeah. Now, obviously, there was a, a case of commentators curse for yeah. you guys this week, and that's the week that Aspilicueta goes and actually does something in attack. But um, yes, aside from that, that's, yeah. that, that's obviously... <laughs> Just like oh, last yeah? year, actually. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And last every, year he was the he remember he scored and I think Alonso was rested for one of those two fixtures. And you know everyone who brought in Alonso on their wild card at one point said Aspilicueta is probably the way to go because I'm saving point three for future future moves. 
But, of course, the goals will come for Alonso, not for Caesar. Yep. And, the, and, then, and then it happens. Um, who, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's this, the games have to be played, after all. So, you know, all we can do is, is make, our, make our best guesses. And certainly, it, if we were going to pick any defender um, from, I guess, any of these squads to score, um, you'd have to pick um, Marcus Alonso. So there's a question that we have from uh, Harbuzi. He says, um, the top five essential double game week players. So if we're looking at all these fixtures, and we can include, you know, players with double game weeks, players without, who are the five players that if you were, I guess, free hit chipping or if you just, you know, wanted to burn points or whatever, um, who would you really want to have in your squad? I don't know if we can come to any kind of consensus here, but... Um, maybe we can we can try to. So let me we'll look at Man United first. I mean, is there are there you know one or two players that you think are kind of essential for this double game week? For me, I think it's Lukaku and David De Gea with the bullet for Manchester United. De Gea with the he, bullet. Oh, my God, Brandon, he's <laughs> <laughs> let the man live. <laughs> we are the we are the country of the NRA, Josh. So that two one point, <laughs> and we are seeking more sponsorship. In, in, so here we are. Come come get in, us in in sailing in sailing parlance. If you get a bullet, it means you came first in something. So, you know, <laughs> thank you, Stag. Thank you for, 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 <laughs> so I was for just, I was just kidding. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, I mean, he looked incredible against City, made some tremendous saves, such as we've come to see from him this season and clean sheets, both home matches against two um, pretty weak attacking teams. Though I mean, it's hard to say with Bournemouth because Bournemouth seems to score in every match that they play. But still, um their attack at Old Trafford is is going to be dampened, and I like I like David De Gea there. And Lukaku is going to be our favorite. I think we'll talk about this a little later in terms of who we're going to captain, or if you're out there with a triple captaincy chip to play in 34, he's going to be the standout favorite. Midfield options, I think that's a more that's kind of a more murkier conversation. Anthony, do, uh, what do you what do you think? I mean, who are a couple of players that maybe Brandon didn't talk about who you would really target let's say if you just if you were if you were playing the free hit chip or wild carding like who would you really want to bring in this game week? so I, i'm gonna start with a question rather than an answer and i'm gonna just say like if you're looking at man united's fixtures do you think they're more likely to get loads of goals or to get clean seats just knowing what you know about how Mourinho plays that's an interesting question well do we think that the man city game changes their mentality at all like do we think that it gives them some confidence it makes them a little more uh, attack minded. I mean, you know, a confident team. You know, we see this in Arsenal every, every April. I don't right? anyway. What, what's that? I, I don't anyway. I personally don't see foresee any sort of change in Mourinho based on that one day. Or, yeah, or even yeah. do you see any change in Pogba? So Pogba came out and he he played his ass off in that second half. He scored the two goals. He looked spectacular. But is Pogba, <laughs> not to get to um, try to get into the players' heads, but. Is Pogba the sort of selfish player where he's going to say this is a this is a huge stage? I'm going to come um, boost my transfer value, or is that the sort of performance team performance that is going to bring Pogba back into the form that he was for United at the start of the season? You know, that's the sort of thing that perhaps Mino Raiola might say to him in the back of his ear. But would you know if <laughs> to try and get into his head even further rather than try to get out of it? There was an interesting little interview with him post match after the Man United game, and it was Thierry Henry was interviewing him for Sky over here and Thierry Henry was with him with a, at a screen and he was showing uh, he was saying it to Pogba why, why don't you run behind the defenders more like you did for that for the goal for the first goal and um 
Pogba turns to him and goes, mm, uh, Michael always tells me to do that. Speaking of Michael Carrick, like Michael Carrick is telling him to run in more and he just hasn't been doing it. And <laughs> it was just the most fascinating thing to hear. It's just like, is he going to, is he going to wow. suddenly realize yeah. that this, this great, you know, fountain of goals can be accessed near the goal? Like, is he going to realize that? Right. <laughs> sure. Sure. By, by the advice of yeah, Michael the, Carrick, of all people. Chief but, himself, Michael yeah. Carrick. Yeah. <laughs> it was the kind of the kind of mentality. Can you? Can, yeah. Do you? Can you expect a player to shift their mentality that much, though? That's you know. It feels like it's like it's like in, you know in basketball there are players who who are just good defenders, and it's like I, I feel like playing good defense is just something you, like you have in you. You know, it's like either like you're sort of you naturally care about defending. Or you don't, you know, and like you naturally care about the blocking shots or whatever. And I, I wonder with with someone like Pogba, if he just, I think he likes to, he likes he likes free kick goals, you know, he likes. But I think he does like being like more of the the playmaking type, like hanging back a little more. And so it's you know, it's I'm hard to imagine sure him just sort of becoming more of a dominant goal scorer. You see, I, I don't know if Pogba really knows what he actually likes being. He certainly doesn't like defending. And if you want to be a deep line playmaker, you need to you usually need to be able to tackle too. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of. He he's a real he is a a walking catch twenty two. That's what he is, uh, and in FPL terms, it's no difference. We had a comment on the Slack channel for always cheating from Adam P. Who says, "Am I an am I an idiot for being tempted to bring in either Sanchez or Pogba?" So, Josh, you're you're mentioning Alexis for a free hit chip. If if one had the choice to choose either, if one could choose either Sanchez or Pogba, are you are we definitely saying Alexis is the way to go? Absolutely, I would with no hesitation. I would say that um, you know, I mean, the, obviously, it's easy. If you have a free hit chip, it's easier. Or if you're wild carding, I guess this game week, um, you know, he's I mean, he's still expensive despite the fact that like nobody owns him and his price has dropped. You know, like so, like sort of slowly fallen all season. Um, he's still what is his price right now? Is it like eleven million something like that? Am I does someone have it on hand? Sanchez is eleven point five. Eleven point five. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a lot. Uh, but the thing about Sanchez is he always tries extremely hard, right? Like he is, I mean, he's, he's, he's such a frustrating player in some ways because he, you know, spends like the entire game, like on the floor, like looking up at the ref, like pleading for justice, you know? Um, cause he's like, he pretends that justice his, for Stevens, his, yeah, he pretends that his, his ankle has been, uh, you know, torn in half or whatever. Um, but you know, he is like, I mean, you know, Alexis Sanchez playing a bad team like this is the kind of thing that like double game weeks have been built on for for years right and you know he's just he's got a couple teams that that he's like I just don't I mean West Brom at home like first of all he's gonna play every match right you don't wrestle Alexis Sanchez so it's West Brom at home and Bournemouth away um I mean Bournemouth's defense is terrible West Brom has you know are they officially relegated if they haven't been they're like right there on the cusp um so you know, I mean, the, the, at the same point, this this argument, you know, was why Lukaku was a good option for Game Week 34 as well. Um, but I, so I guess to answer your original question, Anthony, I, I guess I feel pretty good about Man United's attacking threat, um, just given the opponents that they're playing. Um, I mean, West Brom is a team that they actually conceded a goal on earlier this season, and kind of a silly. That was actually a moment where I turned to Brandon and I said there was no chance that De Gea is going to concede a goal here uh, seconds before he conceded a goal. <laughs> I think... I. Do you remember that, Brandon? We were at the Black Horse, and I like I I totally jinxed us. That was that was horrible. Yeah. Yeah. See, I, I still I look at that West Brom team, and I'm just like, they're actually starting. Dare I say it? They're actually improving. It's the classic kind of like last grasp at trying to save themselves. Like they probably like, all odds say they won't save themselves. Well, now that they got yeah. the 
you know, the, the grotesque stepdad that is Alan Pardew out of their club, they are free to actually perform. <laughs> I, I, I love so, the fact that, you know, there's a, everyone makes the jokes that, you know, they stole more taxis than they had wins or it was the same number of taxis stolen as wins under Pardew. But I love the fact that in that, like, fateful trip to Barcelona, Pards also had his wallet, phone and waistcoat jacket stolen. Really? Probably yeah. all yeah. by someone in that team. It's probably Johnny Evans who stole all of those. <laughs> Somebody check the boot of that taxi. Oh, Mr. Rondon, you're looking so fine today. <laughs> so, so this leads us. Yeah, and didn't, didn't you give Rondon a little shout out in your weekly column this week? I did. Was I that, did. Was, yeah. yeah, yeah, and he picked up an assist. So, you know, not, not bad. Uh, all right, this, this brings us to a question we have from Peter Gray. He says, options for a Game Week 34 triple captain. Um, I guess the question is really just who are you thinking about captaining? I mean, do you guys, okay, this is like maybe a, um, a question about triple captain in general. Is there, is there a player that you would triple captain but not captain? Or is, it, is triple captain just really like the player that you would want to captain that game week? You know, is there like a... Is there an argument for picking someone who is like a maybe lower ownership player or something like that with a triple captain? Yeah, well, the the argument that is in place for the bench boosters in 34 and, and how that shift all happened was Lukaku is, I think, on paper, the clear captaincy shout, but he's by he's not an explosive player like Harry Kane would be. Now, the fixtures in 34 aren't totally there for Kane, whereas they would be for 37. So I, to, to answer that question, Josh, I think triple captaincy, you want ideally want to place on an explosive attacking asset. And I think maybe that that comes back to what you were saying about Alexis Sanchez. If you're lucky enough, uh, perhaps lucky, perhaps not to have Alexis Sanchez in your squad, he feels like more a triple captaincy player than Romelu Lukaku does. What do you think, Anthony? Yeah, much as I think that my armband is actually going to be on Romelu Lukaku in this week, I still also would be inclined to agree with that, that if I, in an ideal world, could get Kane or Alexis into my team, I think that's where you have to put your triple captain. Um, more so Kane than Alexis, personally, yeah. as well. I actually, I, I agree. I mean, I, you know, and for me, I'm I'm really kind of thinking, I mean, I, I don't have a triple captain, but I do have the option to bring in Kane and Alexis this, this for this double. And and Alexis' captaincy to me is is really tempting. Um, I it feels very sink or swim, you know, like or, or whatever. Um, it feels like very feast or famine. Feast or famine. Thank you. That's, that's a better metaphor, um, mm-hmm. more apt. Um, it's uh, yeah. I mean, I feel like it, it could work out great, or it could be you could get that Sanchez performance where he's rolling on the ground, screaming, faking ankle injuries, picking up yellow cards because he retaliates, uh, giving the ball away, you know, thirty five times. Um, and screaming at everybody for not passing at him enough, you know. So um, I don't know, but but it could be, you know, he could pick up five goals too. So it's really, uh, I mean, you know, if, if you if you if I told you guys after game week thirty four that Alexis Sanchez had three goals and an assist over those two fixtures, you wouldn't you wouldn't raise an eyebrow, right? Mm-hmm. Like you'd be like, oh, I believe that, like bad teams, yeah, sure. and, you know, super yeah. aggressive. Um, yeah. Anybody else? I mean, are there any non man Okay, we talked about Kane a little bit, but what about like Christian Eriksen? I mean, he's pretty consistent. He is very consistent, though not as prolific a goal scorer. I mean, the, the fact that he's on all the set pieces is um, a, a real benefit to you there. You at least know he's going to be creating chances. I might be – I'd, I'd like to get your, your guys' thoughts on the Spurs-Man City fixture and how that bodes for FPL assets. 
But Lester looked to me to be one of the um, more clear-cut attacking options. Not like they've been scoring a ton of goals lately, but still Burnley and Southampton. Burnley can't keep a clean sheet. Southampton in disarray. No Jack Stevens. Sorry, everybody. Um, Mahrez or Vardy seem like interesting long shots there. See, as an FPL manager who was formerly felled by the FPL famines, I have no intention of doing anything risky with something like a triple captain. I triple captained Paye in the very first year that you could use triple captainship, and I got a spanking nine points. And so because <laughs> and so because of that, I just can't do it again. So then for me, it's very hard to look beyond the, the really Kane, as I said. However, if I was to look at the other players, like my game week, double game week essentials would have included Riyad Mahrez, certainly. Not so much Vardy because he just doesn't score in multiples. So if you're looking about, you know, you'd be yeah. very fortunate if he got yeah. three goals. That's the thing with him. It is funny, isn't that? Because he's so he scores so easily. You know, like the goal he scored uh, in the um, in the Palace. Was it Palace? Um, no, who are they playing? Um, Newcastle. Thank you, Newcastle. I mean, yeah. the goal he scored there was just it was the classic. It was a classic Vardy goal, right? It was just he was just in the right place at the right time. Caught this ball. It actually might have gone in. I can't quite. You know, you couldn't quite tell if it would have anyway um, from uh, Okazaki, but he was just right there to to slap yeah. it in. You know, and it's amazing it's to true. get it's two the, goals in a game. It's like the classic ever. one, isn't it? Yeah. What are the odds, though? He scored sixteen goals in the league this season. No, no match has he scored a brace or a hat trick. Oh, there you there you go. That's that's brilliant to back up what I said. Yeah, there yeah. you go. That's br- yeah. Because and even if you think about it as well, like there's a very certain type of of Vardy goal, and it is either I, that it's coming in at the back post and just hammering it in as hard as he can before he outstretches his arms and goes and riles up all the opposition fans in the corner. I really... I I did actually miss... Sorry, real quick. I did misspeak. He did get a brace against Arsenal in game week one. But say, we're going going all the way back to August to get that brace. I forgot about that. Jeez. I do love Jamie Vardy. Like, he is maybe my... Like, I just love watching him play. He's just such a fun player to watch. I haven't had on my team, I think, all season, but I just, like... I, it's impossible for me to hate him or root against him, like even when like another manager has him. Like everyone's a, fast friend, if yeah. they could finish, could be Jamie Vardy. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. It's, how does I he think do that's it? what's it's so like, endearing <laughs> about him is that, you know, there's none of that. Like, because the other, like there's two Vardy goals. I was going to say it. The other one then is just where he's just played through and he just runs and he gets his maximum of three yeah. touches in there. Like we are not overcomplicating this for Jamie Vardy. He just hammers it and into yet, the net then. <laughs> and yet none of them do it. Like, well, you know, it's like none of them. He looks like he's like, what, like he's maybe 160 pounds or something like that. You know, is uh, Anthony eight stone. Sorry, yeah, I was, yeah, I was just win, like, win. I was just like, I can do Imperial, but not so much for weights. <laughs> <laughs> but so how do you guys going back to Kane? How do you feel about Spurs in this double, given the Man City fixture? I feel like you need one spur at least, right? You need a, uh, you need some Spurs or like some sort. Of, I don't know. But coverage is like a you know that's like a dirty word. I know, but like it feels like you like they there could be goals in those games, especially the Brighton game in the, the second half of the double game week. I, I think I own Shane Duffy, and it <laughs> makes my stomach hurt. <laughs> Sorry to disparage an Irishman they, on this podcast, they, uh, Stag, but. I was just thinking, I was just like ahead of the European, like ahead of our playoff against Germany. It was just like we kind of looked across and thought, do you know, Shane Duffy might well be our most important player now for Ireland. And I don't know. And then he scored against Denmark, of course, and then we lost 5-1. But, you know, we'll move away from such. Yeah, I'm going to start crying if we talk about that game. So um, let's let's see if we can get a couple more questions here. Um, there was a question from little Jason that I think about, about various players. I think we're sort of answering that question as we go. So thank you for the question, little Jason, uh, FPL classical says, um, 
what three Man United players to go for in double game week 34. Uh, my team is set in such a way that I can't go for Sanchez, probably keep in De Gea. So I guess we've talked about Lukaku and De Gea. Who would your, who would your third Man United player be? You know, defender, midfielder, uh, attacker, whatever whatever you want. Yeah, it it seems to it seems to weird to say isn't the obvious answer Jesse Lingard, but I think that's what I'm going to say. I guess that's more for affordability for price uh, for most of us managers who are not dealing with a free hit ship. Jesse Lingard seems while while his starting uh, he's not nailed. There's I'll there's say. a lot of anger around Lingard after pulling a Callum Wilson. You know, like I just so many people transferred yeah. him in about ten weeks ago, and he had this run where he I was one of those. Any, yeah, exactly. Yeah, one of these runs where he just didn't do anything for weeks and weeks. Um, so, do you think that that's yeah? Is that, is that biasing people against Lingard? Like, do you think that we should be th- talking about him more? Maybe this is a question for Stag. I I think that I think Lingard is definitely he, his talk about him is merited. However, I'd still put Pogba ahead of him if you're looking at my United midfielders. Um, however, for me, if mm. I have any bias at all, it's actually towards defenders, which was kind of hinted at by my question earlier. Like, we, we forget that in the double game week 34 last year, David De Gea was the top scoring player jointly with uh, Anthony Martial, who hasn't played for a few weeks, so we can't, you can't gamble on Martial. And so David De Gea was the top scoring player right. that week with 17 points. And I just kind of feel like these clean sheets are far more reliable than, let's say, your second Manchester United scorer, whoever that might be behind Lukaku. Because, you know, let's say Sanchez might have got the two assists this week and like Lukaku is still the, the goal scorer in that team, right. even if he didn't score against Man City. You just, oh, it's it's so hard to work them out, so isn't who, it? Who, who is, is it, is it, is 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 it Chris Smalling then? Is he the, is he the one player you trust to actually start both? The IT players? crowds, Chris Smalling. <laughs> do, do you know I'm not going to go for the IT crowds, Chris Smalling. Instead, I go for Antonio Valencia if any of them. Uh, um, yeah, just, yeah, Valencia. The, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I guess he's there. the obvious pick, but just at that at that price. I mean, six point nine million is just so hard for people to bring him in. Of course, yeah, but if, I, I wouldn't put Chris Smalling near the squad. I, I, I'd still fear the rotation too much with two games in such short proximity. Okay, so that so it really does bring you back to to, to it brings us back to Lingard then probably right because for most people Valencia is just going to be too expensive to bring yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, um, and mm-hmm. yeah, and then it's hard to trust any of those. Yeah, you know, that Jones Smalling by. Let's throw Lindelof in there. The 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 uh, all four yeah. of them. I mean, you just you can't really trust any of them. I think I think Chris Smalling is actually a pretty safe option. Um, I five point five million. I I suppose there's a chance that there's a that 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 Jones plays some match that Smalling was going to play. Um, I I don't know that I really see that happening. I mean, Jones is. I wonder. I wonder if Mourinho might just be a little out on Jones after everything that's happened this year. Um, you know, just he just can't stay healthy, and I mean, I feel bad for. I mean, it's just like he does not have a body for football, right? It's just, and neither do I. So I, I shouldn't talk, but it's uh, it's just not it's not working <laughs> out for him. <laughs> oh yeah, or you, <laughs> or me? It's not working out for either of us, really. It's. Uh... <laughs> Uh, all right, so we're talking a lot about the United defense. I don't know if we have any questions on this, but should we just take a minute to talk about defend- defenders in Game Week 34 and apart from United, who are some decent bets? Yeah, you want to read this question from Nick Tudhope, Brandon? I think that kind of gets to it. Uh, yeah, Nick Tudhope asks, The Man United defense are an enigma at this point. Spurs keep rotating everyone bar Vertonghen. And now Christensen, this is what you were saying, Stag, is benched for the game versus West Ham. Are Vertonghen and Aspilicueta the only sure things in defense from top six teams for the double game week? 
uh, Manchester United conversation aside. So Nick is pointing us toward Chelsea and Spurs. Um, and those are very expensive defenders if you're looking at Jan Vertonghen and Cesar Azpilicueta. Jack Stevens, anyone? Uh, no. Um, I, think, <laughs> I think when you look at them... <laughs> yeah, Too yeah. soon, justice <laughs> for when Stevens. When you look at it, like Brighton having that one game with Crystal Palace and then Tottenham, like it, there, there really isn't good defensive picks. There really isn't. Yeah, I mean, my tactic right now is I just I just want starters. I want minutes, um, and to 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 bet on these clean sheets. Given the way the fixtures are lining up, it seems like a fool's errand. Um, may, maybe Spurs, a, where you feel like they're definitely gonna get a clean sheet against a way to Brighton, and you feel like that's enough for you to think that there's great value in the Spurs defense, knowing that there would be. 90-minute score for Vertonghen and then a clean sheet against Brighton. That's still a pretty good game week score for him. Yep, absolutely. Like, I think no matter what, you know, double game week or not, I think you should just be aiming to get to six points from your defender. Like, how how you get to six points is up yeah. to you. But if you can get to six points from yeah, your defender, you've done well. I think that I think I think that's an interesting way of thinking. about it. I don't think that everyone is thinking about that that way. And... Uh, you know, by that talking, I mean Ben Chilwell to me is is a really decent option for the double, right? I mean, yeah. I, I guess there's a chance he doesn't play one of those two, um, but he's definitely shown that he has a little bit of attacking threat. Um, if he does play both, then it's a four point three million player, and they could keep a clean sheet in both those games. I mean, the Leicester defense is not um, is not a superb defense, but um, you kind of trust him to get points from you one way or the other. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. That seems like a that that Leicester Burnley fixture is going to be a win win for a lot of people. Where, yeah. yeah, do you have a Leicester defender stag? I do. Mister Wes Morgan is. Uh, uh, we're in the same boat. We have Morgan. Josh has Chilwell, and if you have a Burnley attacking asset, Jack Cork, anybody, <laughs> um, you're either getting a goal or a clean sheet out of that match. It's, it's, Chris Wood is uh, holding the fort for me up front, so yeah, I'm hoping for a goal from Chris Wood against. Preferably yeah, against and, and I'm on I'm on Barnes. I, I'm thinking about Wood for game week 35, actually. Uh, that, that could be... Uh, I, I still have this Callum Wilson. So I, because I'm free at chipping, I'm actually still going to have Callum Wilson for one more game week, in theory. Oh He's going to be like just dying somewhere for a week and <laughs> uh, in, in hiding. Uh, but yeah, I do like um, I do like him. Mostly because I, I don't really see any... I don't see any strikers that I could bring in for game week 35 that I also like for game week 37. I mean... A Jose Perez, I, I guess, is an option now, just because like it looks like he's in a little bit of form. But I can't bring in a Jose Perez, can no. I? Was that can I? Can I really do that? I don't know, guys. That seems like <laughs> two goals and well, two goals and assist in two matches. So it's interesting. Yeah. That is the appeal of Aubameyang, is I feel like people, as as I don't remember who was saying this earlier, but Newcastle's defense has really tightened up. It's still a decent fixture for him, and. Then I see Lukaku as if you're choosing between Aubameyang and Lukaku. Lukaku is the one to make way for Kane in game week 37. So Aubameyang plays for me in 34 uh, for for most managers and stays through the end of the season. Uh, yeah, and if I wasn't free at shipping, I think I'd be I'd be right there with you as well. Um, all right, let's do one last question uh, in this section. Actually, two two more questions. First one is: um, uh, Would you guys double up on Mares and Vardy? Yeah, I, this one this one came up in the wild card planning, uh, and I ultimately decided um, I only have room for one Leicester attacking player. It hasn't worked out the last couple of weeks. Vardy has two goals. Mares hasn't done anything, but 
yeah, Stag, we agree that Mares is still the one to carry into game week 34, and, and probably just him. Yeah, like I, th- I, th- I think so. Like I, I wouldn't hold both of them. I personally would rather have Mares than Vardy. Even Mares was pretty much denied an assist for presumably a Vardy penalty uh, the other day. He should have, he should have had a penalty. So it's yeah. not like he's disappearing from games. He's still as electric as ever. So yeah, I personally would hold Mares, not Vardy. But if you've got Vardy, don't get. I wouldn't be saying get Mares in if that makes sense. I, I think I might actually disagree with you guys a little bit. I think I would rather have Vardy for these these two fixtures. Uh, I'm afraid, Chip. I'm definitely looking at Vardy over over Mares, but. Um, I, I do understand the argument. Mars has been a great form. He's fallen off a little bit the last couple of weeks, but I don't know if that's just, as you said, he could have had an assist. He actually could have had an assist the week before as well. So uh, maybe. He's well, just, you do he's know the only game. reason that Stag and I are saying this is because we own Mares, and it's through the power <laughs> of positive thinking. That's true. You guys are too positive. Mares will like, produce. If you, uh, if you believe it will happen. But yep. surely yeah. if you guys were in a free hip, you would, you would have to think about Vardy, right? I mean, it's, you know, he's so tempting because he's, he's in such good goal scoring form right now. And, Especially that Southampton game, maybe more than the Burnley game, I could see him doing something there. So, but uh, like absolutely, if I was free hitting, he would be one hundred percent in my team. But both of them would be in my team for a free hit, I guess. But I'm talking about if someone that's, has to transfer him in to keep him, ugh. right? That's, right. That's I, I couldn't hold both of them. That's where my issue would really lie. Yeah, I yeah, I, I'm really I, I thought about both of them as well. Actually, I, I I actually have not made my free hit trip transfers yet. I'm still I'm still a little bit on the fence about that. So, um. I don't know. It's it's kind of it's kind of tough because you, you you know you're committing to the price like the the price rises and falls. To, I don't know. It's like I really have to figure out when it when I'm going to do that. Just just an just an interesting aside on Mares there before we move off him is that uh, you would be right in saying that his attacking threat has dropped off. So the last two games he's had just one shot in both games, but he did have two key passes against Newcastle. Um, previous previous to that, he had three shots, four shots, six shots. So you were talking about a far more threatening attacker. See, that was my... Yeah, put that in your yeah, pipe and smoke where, it, Josh. Yeah, where my instincts meet Anthony's stats. <laughs> that's, where the, that's where this podcast is. Or stag stats, I should say. Um, all right, so uh, final question. Uh, we have not talked about differentials enough. And um, just because someone once said this to me, and um, it was actually Danny Bean uh, said this to me, that he once listened with the girl, his girlfriend, and she was like, why do they keep talking about differentials? What are differentials? So... In case you've, you've, you've suddenly, like, listened to this podcast for the first time, just differentials, you know, players who, um, who might not be very highly owned, who could really give you an edge uh, if you bring them in. So what are some differentials for, for Game Week 34 that you guys would throw out there if you were – I mean, it could be free at shipping or it could just be that, you, you know, the one transfer you make is, is, is for a differential player. So who would you, who'd you guys look at? Uh, can we just get these guys out of the way at the start? They're really expensive attacking midfielders, and the the list is Alexis Sanchez, Eden Hazard, and I think I'd put Christian Eriksen and Deli Ali on that list too. Son even. Um, the tr- yeah, and and Son, um, Son. I mean, is Son's ownership to the point where he's not a differential, particularly if you're compete competing in the top 100k? Yeah, it might be true of all uh, of those midfielders, it, it, though, right? They're all, they're all, they're all, the, all the Spurs ones are on the same ownership level, I feel like. Right. So I, I guess we just focus on Hazard and Sanchez. But the problem there is if you're just, if you're just on a f- one free transfer, it's almost impossible to get them in. And then, and then who do you drop for them? So, uh, yeah, any idea on, on less expensive differential stag? Yeah, I've got a cheap curveball option, but it is a curveball. I wouldn't be moving for him myself. But Josie is Kierdo from Brighton. Interesting is who is is he is he who is classed as a midfielder 
had a brilliant yeah, he's classed as a midfielder he had a brilliant one-on-one opportunity at the very end of the Huddersfield game the other day he's a decent attacking player he actually is his favourite position is actually as a striker and now that Glenn Murray hasn't scored for another game I'm starting to wonder if uh, his time up front might end and then who else Who else am I looking at? I'm just I'm quickly looking at the fixtures quickly. I've always been a fan of his Kierdo watching his games so that's why he's on my radar. I'll throw one out there. Um, okay. What about uh, Mark Albrighton at uh, 5.6 million? Hasn't, uh, hasn't done much uh, to be honest the last couple of game weeks. He has, I guess he has two assists in the last five games but he's He's a pretty reliable player, can pick up some points. I don't know. He's not very explosive, though. So if you're really looking for explosiveness, maybe he's not the best option. Could get behind um, I don't know. Some, I was trying to think of someone on the, in that Leicester midfield who would be tempting. Yeah. Uh, do, we do have to mention Charlie Austin here, who would probably be gearing up for a start after coming on and sort of reinvigorating the Southampton offense against Arsenal. And uh, I know people were sort of bigging him up coming out of wildcard season. And, you know, he's... He's certainly right for the picking. Are there any non-double game week players we'd consider? Milivojevic, home to um, to Brighton. Oh, shut up! <laughs> Stop it with your. <laughs> He's a goal machine. Why, why is he the player we have, we have talked talked I, about I, him I actually, more? Than I actually any. have. I actually have got one. I actually have got one. Pereira from Watford. Uh, Did you see his game yes. against Burnley? Yeah, he everywhere. He's he was absolutely. Brilliant. He's up for it. Had him in you know that's. Here. Yeah, he's that's really not a bad shot because they they play yeah. Huddersfield in game week thirty four, and then you'd also have him for game week thirty five, where they're home to Crystal Palace. Um, so he, yeah, you know, so you, it's you cover yourself twice there. So that's that's interesting. Yeah, it's not an illogical transfer. Like I kind of hate recommending illogical one game week transfers, but that certainly isn't one because at least you get the next game. Yeah, anyway. yeah. So that's I like that. I like that. I've always been a big fan of Pereira too. He's he's been kind of hit by the injury bug um, ever since he's been. Um, with Watford, but yeah, he's he's really a really fun player to watch when he's when he's in form. So um, excellent. All right, well, that uh, let's take a quick break, and then we have a few. Uh, we've got a lightning round coming up of of double more double game week thirty four questions, some strategy talk um, uh, after this. Same old podcast, always shaming. All right, it's time for a quick conversation about our friends at Starting Eleven, the Premier League daily fantasy app that is available for your iPhone, your Android phone, where your cash games are available in the UK, US, and Canada. Stag, you're a guest on the podcast. I have a question for you. Is there anything that you find particularly annoying about playing FPL? Uh, aside from the, the classic answer, which would be bonus point system, I'm definitely going to go with the Twitter group think. It's, it's a real issue sometimes that you really need to kind of take yourself out of the what seems to be the consensus every week and how everyone is going to, you know, what the tactics are. Let's say the wild card this week where all of us have suffered yeah. because of a borderline consensus pick that has kind of all been done because of other weeks in mind and not even this one, you know, the forgotten game game week 33 yeah. that has just come and grabbed us well the, the the first piece of good news for you stag is that there are no bonus points in starting 11 they go for a very streamlined easy scoring approach you don't have to muss around with that and the twitter group think all the conversations around that the, sl- the slate is wiped clean every day because you can play with a new squad in the starting 11 app any day in which there are two or more premier league matches happening the thing that i really dislike about fpl is the fact that your squad is locked in two hours before the first team sheet is announced and if you set a squad in starting 11 you can tinker with your lineup up to um just minutes before the games kick off so if you missed out on something in a team sheet that was announced, you can repair your squad 
And also, live while the games are playing out, you can make substitution, three up to three live substitutions to change the trajectory of your starting 11 squad. So it, it's a lot of fun. I can't encourage you enough to go to your Android or iPhone store to download the app today. Josh and I are taking challenges from all the listeners out there. Josh, you played a few of our listeners this weekend. I did. Um, I went uh, I went 0-4 uh, in all four of my matches. Um, I captained Kane in all four of my uh, teams, so that really uh, came back to haunt me. I really could have used that goal. What happened? Um, you were so good at starting 11 at the start of the season. Our, our, I'm still pretty... Our listeners are just so now catching up. No, it was. I just blame Harry Kane. I blame the Opta scoring system. He touched that ball. <laughs> that touched a hair on his head. I swear it. Um, yeah, you know it's funny. Uh, one other thing I'll actually add um, in line with what uh, Stag was talking about. Uh, I don't like the way that the um, the fantasy, the official fantasy game, punishes negativity. Or I'm, I'm sorry, the way that it punishes um, like really attacking players. It can be a little negative from in my like in my opinion, yeah, like definitely. losing points for shots off target and uh, misplaced passes, things like that. Um, and the, this game is very, it's very positive. You, I mean, you lose points for really obvious things that you'd expect to lose points for, like red cards and own goals. And um, if a defender concedes too many goals, but that, you know, you'd expect that. But in general, even just shots, like just shots, you get points for, you know, and if it's a shot on target, you get more points, but you just get points for being attacking. And um, I really, um, I really like that about the game. So despite the fact that I, I went over four and it was, a, I had to take a long, a long walk, Brandon, really. Mm-hmm. I walked all around Brooklyn. It was, it was just, you know, it was. It's a large borough. I, just had, to, I had to focus myself. It, it, it was, it was very, it was like, um, what's that Paul Oster book where he walks like all of Manhattan? Oh, was, City was of like, Glass. It was like City of Glass, <laughs> just walking and, and trying to um, resolve some existential, you know, woes that I had. So um, it's it's a lot of fun though. I, I really enjoy um, setting a daily fantasy team, mostly because uh, you know with the official fantasy game you're so locked into your team most weeks, um, and uh, you know you maybe you make one transfer, maybe you make two, um, but you know to start fresh every week and bring in players that you just wouldn't even consider otherwise um, is a lot of fun. So if you'd like to download um, the app and challenge us, we're playing every weekend throughout the rest of the season. Uh, we actually have more. We got more swag, didn't we, Brandon? Yeah, we do. We have more T-shirts to give away, starting 11, notepads, stickers, magnets, all that. So stay tuned. Keep challenging us, and we have more swag to give away. Yep. Visit starting11starting11.io um, or just uh, download uh, Starting 11 on your uh, iOS um, or Android, and uh, you can challenge us there. All right, we're back for our lightning round. And, and Josh, while we were talking about starting 11, I thought of a good uh, Paul Oster Manchester City joke. We were talking about the story City of Glass. Isn't that really the story of Manchester City and the Derby this weekend? <laughs> the headline should read City of Glass. <laughs> if, if, the world, if the world were more literary, Brad, it really would have. It's a, it's a shame that it, yeah. it isn't. Uh, uh, a couple and, English uh, majors, we are. Yeah, great punching bags also are live commentators uh, during matches. And um, one of the guys on the NBC broadcast I was watching, when Company scored, he did the cliche, like, come at the, come at the hour. <laughs> and um, <laughs> somewhere around the like 80th minute, the, fo- the camera focused on Vincent Company, and the other commentator just said, where is your captain now? And it was it was deeply sinister. Was, deeply sinister. It was ruthless. <laughs> I, I, it was such a weird. It's weird for a game to have. For I, I mentioned this on Twitter yesterday. It's it's weird for a Manchester derby to have five goals 
uh, to be so so pivot, you know, just I mean, ultimately, you know, Man, Man City are still going to win the league, of course, but you know, it, it felt like a big, a really momentous occasion. It was a great match. Uh, it had very little to do with fantasy. I mean, very few. A lot of players, a lot of people just don't even have Man City players anymore after the wild card, and you know, the people who scored for Manchester United. I mean, I guess you could say that there was. There was an influence because there were a lot of, like, you know, someone like Lukaku only got one point and, and De Gea only got two. But um, from a more positive standpoint, there just weren't a lot of points available for ma- uh, for fantasy owners. Yeah, right. No, it, it's true. All right. So enough enough of the talk about uh, what's tran- transpired. Let's look ahead. And we have our lightning round here okay. in which we're going to answer all your questions in 30 seconds or less. We also have Stag here to ensure we're supplying you with the 100 percent correct answer. First question comes from Michael DiPietro, former guest on the Always Cheating Podcast, so you're in good company, Stag. Mike asks, if I am planning to bench boost in 34, is it better to spend both free transfers to ensure I have 15 active players? Or, since I've used my free hit card, my free hit chip, and wild card, save those transfers to minimize blanks in 35? So Mike's effectively asking, go all in for 34 with your two frees or um, be conservative knowing that there will be some issues with your team going into 35. It's like the one thing we don't know about Mike's team is how many players he'd have for the blank game week if he were to do two free transfers. So it's just like, you know, how checkmated is he going to be come 35? Like I would, but I'm going to say that I would approach this and I'll be lightning about my answer and say that he should be, I would take the more attacking route and try and take on 34 where there's a far bigger chance of getting more points because players play two games rather than trying to live in the small little blank game week where there could be just a freak incidence like let's say the last time the Salah captaincy which just changes everything. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's exactly the way to frame it is it's going to be so unpredictable and things like that can happen. The Sala outburst can happen. So don't worry about Um, it. Yeah, I guess the the one, um, if I were to split the, the one thing is I I guess you could look at bringing in some Burnley players uh, because Burnley are the only team with a double in 34 who have a fixture in 35. Um, and that fixture in 35 is an away match to Stoke. It's a pretty good match. So if you were, um, you know, if you you could bring in someone like Chris Wood um, and and have him for 35 or even even maybe one of their um, one of their defenders. And, um, you know, that would and then they have and then they play Brighton in game of 36, too. So it's a pretty good. In fact, outside of Arsenal away in 37, it's really a good uh, close to the season for Burnley. So um, that might be an option. Yeah. All right. Next question comes from Ben Wardrop. Any suggestion who to bring in for Stevens? Angry face. We've we've already talked about the justice that needs to be meted out there. <laughs> Uh, has to be the same price or lower plus a doubler. So if we look up checks, checks, these are a lot, there's a lot of criteria here. Four four point five million. Well, um, I think I think Loughton on Burnley is a great suggestion. Going back to your Burnley shout from a second ago, Josh, yep. and I think he's priced at four point four. Yep. And Burnley are set up for the rest of the season. Man, poor Phil Bardsley goes down I for one keep, half, and that's that's it. I would also keep an eye on what the, the Ben Mee situation is because, as Josh mentioned earlier, Long, Kevin Long might get a chance in the team then and you might have a, an even cheaper route into the team then. Like, oh, no, he's actually... Loughton is actually the same. Oh, no, no, yeah, you'd save 0.4 there if the situation kind of worked out in your favour. So I'd keep an eye on that as well. Yep, I would look at... Yeah, I would look at um, a Burnley defender for sure. Um, yeah, normally we don't answer questions yeah. this specific on the podcast, but um, I felt... I felt bad for Ben. Uh, that Stevens' red card was brutal. 
I will say this doesn't meet all of Ben's criteria, but Swansea defense, they have Everton in 34. But if you're looking to do long-term planning for 37, Swansea had Bournemouth and Southampton in 37. So that could set you up not for the double in 34, but long-term. I like that. David Kelleher says, I'm bench boosting in game week 37. Is there any reason you can give me not to triple Campton in game week 34? Says he's a solid Kane Lukaku owner. Yeah, um... I mean, it's the opportunity to triple captain Salah in um, game week 30, 35, 36, or 38. Those are all great fixtures. West Brom, Stoke, and Brighton in those game weeks for Salah. Would you worry? I mean, Salah in 35 and 36 could be, and I guess 37. There is some concern there about um, about possible rotation because the, the I guess it depends on whether they make the Champions League semifinals, right? If they do, um, I'd be worried about all these players. Yeah, that's that's the that's the, by far the biggest fear when it comes to Salah is just what is going to be his situation if you know, you'd presume Liverpool are going to progress through to the next round of the Champions League. I personally think that Man City still have a great chance. However, I that's the great issue with triple captaining now is that you are deciding to triple captain in one of those in between game weeks where teams are going to be on the beach you just don't know how they're going to turn up you don't know what are Man City going to be like when they inevitably lift the title in whatever week 35 probably like what's what's going to happen it, there's some that's that's it's yeah. the improv it's the unknown is what would scare you out of using your triple captain now basically you know it, it's going to happen to me actually um because I am free hitting in 34 um and pro- almost surely bench boosting in 37 I, I just feel like a bench boost is better served for a double game week than it is for a uh, than it is for a single. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess um, for me, yeah, 30, 38 would be um, where I would like to look. Um, 36 with Harry Kane is not a bad option. They're home to Watford. Um, for me, uh, I've talked about this in earlier podcasts, you know, we have playoffs in our personal head-to-head leagues. So those those start in game week 36. So that's like a, I have a slightly more specific criteria. But um, this is why I always tell people, if you guys do a head-to-head, do the playoffs because it's super fun. Uh, our season, our, the regular season for us ends in game week 35, and then we, and then it's quarterfinals in 36. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a blast. All right, next question comes from Sean Number 1, who asks, what's more important in game week 35 if you're chasing in mini leagues, nine players for no hit or 11 for a minus eight? So uh, I guess this this goes back to stag your point of this is very context dependent. So, Sean, depending on who your competitors are, what their teams look like in 35, then you know that's really what you need to be looking at yeah. to answer this question. Yeah, I, I would fully agree with that. Like I would usually say that a minus eight is a bad idea, but it depends who you're bringing in for those for that minus eight as well. Like if you're if you're talking about a minus eight, you're somehow able to bring in Kane and Alexis, let's say that that could work out unbelievably well for you. And sure, nine players right. end up in the blank mm-hmm. game, you, you'll be fine. Nine players is probably going to be the average amongst a lot of players. Like, obviously, there'd be a lot of free hitters. But yeah. Yeah, I think I'd, I think I'd attack I'd attack the double game if he's bringing in big players, but not if he's bringing in... You know, if you're talking about using a minus eight to bring in Chris Wood, I have him, I, I believe in him, but I wouldn't use minus eight to get Chris Wood in. And that's a Chris Wood and yeah. Jamie Vardy, let's say. Like, I wouldn't be getting behind that. Uh, too exactly. Same with Lingard. Um, all right, final question. Actually, no, t- sorry, two questions to go. Uh, Danny Bean said, is there any known cure for hazarditis? This is now the third time I brought him in the in this season, and he ruins fantasy football for me. <laughs> it's a funny thing, isn't it? Like, what what is it about Hazard? He's, he's so good, but he's also just, he's non-existent in so many matches. It's very frustrating. I, I share your frustration, Danny. 
not a lot I can add there. I he's yeah I yeah. <laughs> yep Anthony yeah I I I got very fortunate with Hazard this season. Captained him for a brace and then I think I I think I had to keep him for like three weeks after that because I believed in him for a while. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, I mean, we we mentioned Hazard earlier as a possible dif- differential for thirty four. Knowing everything we know, he still pops up as a differential. He'll always be a differential, um, so to speak. And I guess that's because he's not been a must own for eons. So that's I think that's why we keep coming back to him. Yeah, it's just we've all I, he's so expensive, and we've all been there so many times with him where he's let us down. So it just. Uh, yeah, there's there's no real known cure, Danny, because I'm uh, even on my free hit chip. I'm kind of looking at Hazard like oh, maybe I can justify it. Uh, you know, you can always see where goals could come from, and obviously he's on penalties too. Uh, final question though, Dave from Burnley. He says next pod, can you answer these two important questions? Uh, first question is why do corner takers stick their hands in the air? Well, that's like to to signal to everyone I'm kicking it now. I'm I'm in, I'm ready to kick, and when the hand drops down, then I'm in the process of kicking. Yeah, makes them makes them more visible to their to their teammates as well who are trying to make runs and stuff in the box. Might be trying to get like a Wi-Fi connection or something while they're reaching up into the sky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, waving to their mom who is in the stands <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. Oh, that's my boy taking a corner. <laughs> if that were you guys, would you guys do two hands in the air or one? I think I would do the two hand in the air. I, I, I'm a I'm a left hand in the air, but not quite fully vertical. I'll just have a slight bend in my elbow. I think. Okay, like like you're like signaling a turn at an intersection. Yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I feel like I need at least one hand down to help me maintain my balance. <laughs> I, I might fall over if I put two hands in the air. I know Dave's kind of kidding with this question, but, you know, we, we did we did answer it seriously. Yeah, I kind of feel like I might actually look like, you know, a seagull with a broken <laughs> wing and that, like, you know, my right hand would be, like, pushed downwards while my left hand is kind of, like, sticking upward <laughs> at an awkward angle upwards. I feel like that's how it yeah, would be. Yeah, I, I, well, I dislocated my shoulder a few years ago, so I always look a little awkward now. In my, my, I, I don't think I'm level anymore. I don't think I have any balance. Um, final question. Dave also says, uh, why have shin pads stopped working? Uh, yeah, it's, it's the dark arts, isn't it, Dave? Like somehow the dark arts have infected the shin pads. And now if you, if you get any contact below the knee, you have to, uh, roll over at least twice, maybe three times. Yeah, scream at the ref for justice. I think you'll also see that shin pads have also become about the size of like, um, I, I'm, oh, hold on. I don't know what dollar equivalent to be. There is a $1 coin, isn't there? They've become about the size of a $1 coin. A $1 second $1 Julian. Or Susan B. Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. They're, they're tiny. <laughs> basically. <laughs> They are they are a bit like feminine napkins, aren't they? That they put under their uh, mm-hmm. under their socks. <laughs> what is a feminine napkin? Like a maxi pad or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> I don't think they're they call feminine <laughs> napkins. <laughs> uh, <laughs> certain <laughs> certain drugstores and aisles I've been down. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that's what Kennedy, Kennedy is putting on his shins, actually. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, that that's the pod. Um, I hope uh, you guys have all learned something. I feel like I I have I a lot of questions have been answered. So some have been raised. I'm a little. I'm feeling pretty good about my free hit chip team. I still have a couple things to resolve. I I actually have William in there right now. I don't know if that's going to last. I mean, I've been bad mouthing him for so many podcasts now. So I don't know if I can. Just you know, to be to be consistent, maybe I have to drop him for for somebody else. Uh, I actually I would like Goodmanson to come back and be healthy. That would really make me laugh. If I brought, that would if, be exceptional. If I brought, yeah. if I brought a Goodmanson after you dropped him, 
Um, yeah, yeah. So um, he's not as good as Jack Cork, though. So let's be clear about that. Uh, so Stag, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's really been a joy. It really, really, you made me feel like we should have guests more often, but I don't think it would usually be this fun. Thank you so much for having for having me on as well. It was absolutely delightful. And please come visit Ireland soon. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we have to go lay uh, a sacrifice at the. Uh, altar of yeah, the court. Yes, yeah. 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 We, we, we yeah. Are we'll get our Ken, yeah. Ken and I have some spare robes we can do for the pilgrimage. Oh, perfect! Yeah, yeah. for the um, the wicker man ceremony. That'd be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so, if if people want to find you, Stag, the best place to go is probably Twitter, where you're at FPL Stag, and and you share a lot of your Roto World writing and and general thoughts about FPL there. Yep, that, that's absolutely definitely the best place to catch me is at FPL Stag. Yep. Great, and Brandon, where can people find the podcast? Yeah, of course. Don't forget to support the podcast. Go to patreon.com slash always cheating. You can throw a few coins in the jar there to help support uh, the cost of what it is to uh, host our MP3 files, post our website, all that sort of thing. We really appreciate all the support from our Patreon members. I think we're brand- also I subscribe to cut in here, but I think we're talking about we're, are we going to take some of the some of the moments that weren't quite fit for prime time from this this podcast and, and throw them up on there. Yeah, for everyone listening right now on your general um, podcast feed, there have been some real shenanigans <laughs> happening that have been cut from the episode that you're listening to. Particularly a fantastic story that Stag told us about a certain Irish journalist uh, eating an ice cream. So I think we're going to post some of that over on our Patreon page. So yeah, go to patreon.com slash alwayscheating and unlock that and uh, some mini leagues that you can join and all sorts of other fun stuff there for for just a small price. Also, subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever it is you get your podcasts. And I think there are a few other places that people can find us, right, Jack? Uh, That's right. They can find us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and um, they can also go to our website. Uh, Facebook is facebook.com slash alwayscheating. Uh, Twitter is, um, or at Hail Cheaters, that's H-A-I-L, Cheaters. Um, and uh, the, our website is uh, alwayscheating.com. Uh, you can just email us as well if you'd like. You can email uh, hailcheaters at gmail.com. Oh, hey, before we go, this is, the, this is the perfect note to end on because people need something to do now that the episode is over. Um, both Always Cheating and FPL Stag are trying to get nominations for the FBAs, the Football Blogging Awards. So you can you can vote for FPL Stag. What are you up for, Stag? The uh, Young Blogger Award? Yeah, so um, I'm up for the Young Blogger Award. The so if you want to vote for me, I'm under tw- I'm 21 years old, so I'm just about eligible to run for the Young Blogger. So I said I might as well give it a go. So if you wanted to vote for me, you can just tweet out. Exactly as I say it, I am voting in at the FBAs for at FPL Stag in the category hashtag FBA Young Blogger hashtag FBAs, and then they have a website as well that you can go to. And if you want to vote for Hail Cheaters, you can. Yeah, yeah. The website is footballbloggingawards.co.uk, and yeah, Josh and I are also uh, trying to get in on that action for best uh, football podcast. So go to footballbloggingawards.co.uk to vote for us or Stag. Um, or use that Twitter mechanism. Man, Stag, that was a bit of a mouthful. I think we'll post some info to our Twitter feeds if you're interested in going that route. Yeah, exactly. We've, we posted a few times, actually. So you can you can just yeah, visit our Twitter feed, and you, you'll see the information there. Um, but yeah, we would love to, at the very least, be a finalist for the award, right, Brandon? Finalist, that seems... 
And Anthony, I mean, it, yeah, if, if Stag doesn't win, there's there's an injustice in the world. So um, definitely vote for him. If you go through the hashtag, you can kind of see like how the votes are going. And there's there's one guy who does like non-league football videos and he's flying ahead. So we need some support. Really? Oh, OK. Yeah, I, haven't even, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't even dare look uh, for other podcasts because I'm sure it'll just make me uh, stressed out and, and unhappy. Uh, Brandon knows all about this. So, um, all right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so it. much for listening. Uh, we will be back next week. Next week is probably going to be a, a strange podcast. Um, we, we probably won't, you know, the final match of next game week is until Thursday. Um, we're not going to wait until that late to record because um, it's just it's just too late to be useful for anyone who's playing for game week 35. So we'll probably do like a, a in the middle of things uh, in media res podcast around around Monday um, and uh, and then, you know, resume normal potting the following week. Don't undersell it, Josh. I have a feeling it's going to be very exciting. We're all going to be on the cusp of breaking the century mark with our points, and we're going to be loving life. That is I true. Sh- I sure hope yeah. I am. For for God's whoever sake. Captain David De Gea will have the highest score <laughs> in the world. That's yeah, predicted. That's predicted. Uh, all right. Well, um, yeah. Thanks for being on, man. It was really much appreciated. That was absolutely brilliant. Podcast to be on. Is done Thank now. you so so much. I really enjoyed it. Hail Stag. Hail Sorlot. You can you can hail somebody if you want, Anthony. I was I wasn't sure what to do in this situation. Like who to hail? <laughs> <laughs> do you want to say hi, hi to anyone? Yeah, hi Ken Rooney. Yeah, my my <laughs> FPL mom. <laughs> <laughs>